Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to your source for solace. I am Sawyer Talegdi. And I'm Amanda Shimoon. I am the owner of the Shred Shop Wellness Complex here in Windsor. And Amanda is my trusty sidekick. <laughs> Together, we are going to help ladies everywhere find their confidence, courage, understand all the different types of attractiveness and how to harness your own. Uh, we will teach you and help bring out your most assertive self. We'll help you understand your own value uh, and truly, truly start to feel some serious self-worth and absolutely help you find solace, which is just a fancy word for inner peace. So if you're down to ride that train, buckle up and let's go. Can do, 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 can do. <laughs> Okay, hi guys, welcome. Hello, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Oh, shit. That's right. Um, so what you just listened to was an epic, epic fail of us trying our very first time to launch this podcast. Uh, and it actually turned into like our motivating pep talk to each other of like a chant, like a, <laughs> like a football, a varsity football chant before we start every podcast. Amanda, I kind of threw this at Amanda, right? One day I'm like, hey. Shamoon. Our members ask questions. Our members are always wanting to know like this, that, and the other, including personal information about ourselves. Like we don't have time in the day to tell each and every single person individually everything that we want to share with them. It's podcast time. And then, I mean, the world closed about six months after we decided we wanted yeah, to do that. Yeah. Which allowed us the time to put to war and just kind of figuring out how to do this. Troubleshooting, you know, <laughs> the ins and outs of like, okay, what kind of microphone should we get? And how do we, we have a microphone now, but then how do we get it to record what we're saying? And exactly everything in between. Yes. And I nominated Amanda because she's just naturally more technically savvy than I am. I nominated her to be the producer of this show. <laughs> <laughs> so... On our very first trial run, we are sitting around the kitchen table at my house and she's recording clips and she's kind of learning how to like cut and paste different things and pull sections out and out of nowhere, like everything freezes and all unable you hear... to record, unable to record whenever I hit the record button, but still shows wavelengths on the program as if like it's picking up noise. So I go to play that and what do we hear? Can do, can do, can do, can do, can do, can do. It was like a chunk of our recording. I don't know if it like got, went backwards or some, or inside out. Something, something happened. Anyways, and what we heard from the words was can do. And then it just turned and into Sawyer's like. Sawyer's voice. Because my voice. Sawyer's voice. She was talking. We were like practicing, like setting up the microphone and troubleshooting everything. And out of the 15 words that she said, it only caught can do. And it, it replayed, can do, can do, can do, can do. <laughs> at, rapid pay, at rapid speed. Anyway, so since then, 
we have used that as like we can't we can do it like you can do can do can do can do can do it so that's our uh, mantra we just wanted to share and that for with you guys. guys now having it stuck in your head you're welcome yes. and if you train in our facility with us we want you to walk in the day after you listen to this podcast saying it to us please that's right because everyone's going to need a little extra motivation at that first class on Saturday yeah so today, as promised, we're going to just briefly kind of wrap up the last six episodes. I cannot believe we're on our seventh week. Yeah. Like we literally were just getting this out. We're like, just make some episodes and just send it to the world and see what happens. And uh, we're super grateful that you guys are still kicking around seven weeks later. So as you know, our first kind of hurdle to tackle was confidence, right? Like every way, every driving factor to building your inner confidence was something we felt important to talk about. Uh, On the day one, we talked about getting things done, the importance of setting a goal and actually accomplishing it and how motivating that can be and how that builds your confidence to know that you can tackle stuff and you can handle anything that's thrown at you. Then we moved on in week two and we talked about monitoring that progress. So if you set a goal and you never track to see if it's getting done, chances are it's never going to get done. So how important monitoring your progress and keeping track of exactly how far you are is so important to getting things done and building the confidence. The third week, we tackled doing the right thing. We, you know, instilled hopefully a moral compass, like a nightly check-in as to who you were and were you being portrayed by others the way you thought you were being portrayed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very important. And knowing that everyone sees what you want them to see and who you really are, how motivating that can be and how much confidence that can boost as well. Mm -hmm. Then in the fourth episode, we talked about exercise. We talked about exercising the demons. And, uh, you know, what is going on mentally, what is going on uh, biologically, what is going on hormonally, and then just mental health, overall health, self-image, Um, focusing on yourself exactly that's right and how just exercising boosts confidence no matter which way you slice it on the fifth week we talked about standing up for yourself we talked about women's voices how they carry how it is important to be very passionate in the workplace about where you stand what's important to you how having a voice in this day and age is a privilege and we should be using it and we should not act as though there's an excuse not to And that was very important to me. On number six, we talked about my comeback challenge last week a little bit. And what I hope that most of you took from that was to accept the card that you've been dealt and to find a way to push through and get back to where you were or where you want to be by following some steps that we outlined. But the overall tone was to accept, to humble yourself and to move forward with patience Mm -hmm. and how that can build confidence, knowing that you can get through to the other side of a very, very, very taxing obstacle can be incredibly important to building your confidence. And gratifying, yeah. That's it, exactly. And then today for our last little segment, we're really going to bring it home with being fearless. Now, I don't care about being, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of heights. That's like an an elderly thing. That's like okay. no, the no, older no, I no. get, the less heights I like. And I think it's just because it's not worth it to me anymore. I've been on a ladder for your nope. life one nope. too many times. Just, yeah. just putting that out there. Yes. And it's funny because like as a competitive skier growing up, 
I mean, chairlifts were no thing for me. And I think to this day, they probably still are no thing because that's like one comfortable area for me. But anything else, like any kind of zip lining, jumping, any kind of like heights, like glass bottom, CN tower, nope, I want nothing to do with it. Nothing. So in terms of like external fears, like ghosts, the dark heights, spiders, whatever, clowns, I don't really care about that. This is internal fear. This is more like the fear of failing. Yes. This is a huge topic for a lot of people in the world because if you said, what is your number one fear? There's probably 85% of people that would say failure. Mm -hmm. Now, failing isn't the enemy. It's the fear of failing. That's what becomes the crippling portion, right? If we fail, you tried it, you shit the bed. At some point, you get back up and you try something else. Mm -hmm. But at least you know because you tried. But it's the fear of the outcome being failure that's what stops people from starting to begin with. Exactly. How do we get stagnant? How do we get stuck in a rut, stuck in a routine? A lot of times, we're scared of change. We're scared of failing at whatever our next chapter might be. We're scared of getting out of our comfort zone. And the fear of failing is what exactly, like you said, that is where it stunts our ability to grow and to progress. Yeah. So, I mean, for my upbringing and my family, like my dad is Hungarian and he immigrated here after the World War, Second World War. And I have no idea what that was like, right? Like my dad was 12 years old and there were Nazis banging at the door because we were not Jewish. Telegides is my last name. We were not Jewish. And there were Nazis knocking at the door looking for for Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And there were Jewish people knocking at the door asking for birth certificates because they wanted to be able to prove to the Nazis that they were not. They wanted to save their own lives. Exactly. So, and then there's like the women and children. And so my grandmother and my dad separate from my grandfather and they travel in the night between landmines for days until they get to a boat that leaves Hungary. And for two weeks travels to Montreal and lands Montreal. And then you have how many hundreds of people from Hungary getting off a boat that don't speak a lick of French, (laughs) right? So I can only imagine, like, when my dad tells these stories, I just sit there like, oh my God, I have nothing to complain about ever. You sit there in awe because it's almost uh, disbelief. Like, there's no fucking way you did that. There's no way that that actually happened, but no. Yes, right? Exactly. So when I think about, like, the the lack of fear, a lack of physical fear that my dad and my grandmother and my grandfather, because they're the only three that made it here, um, what they would have gone through, it, it helps me understand like what my upbringing was, right? So my dad's a psychologist, child psychologist. My mom's a grade school teacher. The two of them have a handle on raising kids. <laughs> but my dad had that like get up and get it done mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because what he went through. Like if you're running in the middle of in the middle of a dead of the forest and there's people shooting at you, there's soldiers shooting at you. If you fall down, you die. So you get the fuck back up and you start running again. Right? So that was kind of instilled in us as kids that like failure was okay, but being scared to get up again and try was not an option. It was never an option in our house. And I think that contributed to me being so resilient and my brothers as well, right? Just to like continuously every rocky quote in life, not how hard you get hit, it's how quick you get back up, right? It's, it's that. So I always had a very firm grasp on, it doesn't matter, just get up and try again, get up and try again, which helps you see the glass as half full always. 
but I do very much understand and sympathize with those who did not have that upbringing Mm -hmm. and find it easy to fall victim to circumstance, Mm -hmm. right? Which I think a lot of listeners can also relate to. So here is my, my question to you, Amanda, and to anyone else who wants to have a reflective moment. All right. So we are all born confident right? We're all born without the fear. I mean, any of you who've been around a young child knows that they say whatever, they do whatever. There's nothing that they're afraid. I mean, again, with with the exception of being scared of the dark and clowns and whatever else, emotionally, there's no fear there because they haven't felt that yet. At some point in our life, something happens. There is a moment in our life where you are made to feel shame or you are made to feel inadequate, you are made fun of, um, and you start to feel that confidence, that self-confidence fade. It's taken away from you. And it took me a while to kind of sit and think about like when that was for me. And then when it hit me, it hit me like a sack of bricks. So I need to hear this. I need okay. to hear this because okay. what you're you're building it up right now. Yes. So like, do not disappoint. Okay, I'm gonna try not to. I mean, it was it's my experience, so it could be, <laughs> could be lame. It could be super lame to everyone else. But I'm 12 years old, so I mean, kudos to making it that far. I feel like a lot of people, and maybe maybe there were other things that happened when I was younger that I just can't remember. But the first moment where I felt like I wanted to curl into a ball and die, I was genuinely to my core embarrassed. And, you know, my confidence in that moment was strict, like naked strict. (laughs) I'm 12 years old. And so that's grade six. My birthday's in October. So if I was either 11 or 12. Okay. okay. Based on the school year, what time it was. And um, I had not developed in the breastular area okay. yet, okay? And like most girls in grade school, you're either teased because if you have boobs, you stuff your bra. Yeah, when, if you have boobs, you get bra straps get pulled from the back. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and if you don't have boobs, you're a boy. That's exactly right. So I would get like, you know, oh, you're so flat, you make the walls jealous, and also being a tomboy didn't help the situation, right? So by the time we get to grade six, everyone, all the girls were wearing like some sort of training bra at the very least. Yeah. And I just didn't need it yet. I literally had nipples and that was it. Go ahead. I'm going to cut you off. I was on the same boat. My mom, my mom didn't take me into La Senza Girl. For those of you that remember the OG. Yep. She didn't take me into La Senza Girl until I was, I think, in grade seven. Yeah. So. Yeah. And remember, like I didn't even need it yet. I was just, I forced my mom. So I was the only one in grade six, Madame Costello's class. I was the only one who did not have any kind of sports bra or training bra. So I begged my mom. And at the time, we still went over to Target on Saturdays to go shopping. So In we, the States? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, or Meyer, whichever one. I yeah, remember. yeah. So I get my very first sports bra. And because I'm like this underdeveloped tomboy, I also deeply in love with Winnie the Pooh still. <laughs> so I pick out the <laughs> oh, training no. bra oh, no. that has like this... It's white, and it has this big circle right in the front, right in the center, and it's got Winnie the Pooh's face, and then around it, like the Starbucks logo, it says, like, Winnie the Pooh around it. Okay, okay. And my mom loves it because, you know, it's cute, and we see nothing wrong with this. So my first day back, the Monday back, I pair it underneath. I wear it underneath this yellow, like, canary yellow waffle long sleeve shirt and a pair of jeans okay and we had to do presentations and I get up in front of the class and I do my presentation and by the time I go and sit down people are like pointing and laughing 
and you could see the Winnie the Pooh emblem right through my yellow waffle no. long sleeve shirt. Yes. So now this wasn't only like she's wearing a bra when she doesn't need one. Like, why does she even have that? On top of your 12 years old and you love Winnie the Pooh. No. <laughs> yes. No. And that was the very first time where I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> this doesn't feel good. This doesn't. I didn't even know probably what that emotion was. But I was like, I'm I'm sweating. You wanted to I shit wanna yourself throw and throw up. up at the same time. I want to run away. And I remember like feverishly asking to go to the bathroom and like taking my shirt off and trying to flip my sports bra inside out. And it just was not happening. Like, you could see it on both sides. And I just had to suck it up for the rest of the day. And I was mortified. But I remember, like, I remember that being the very first time where I ever was humiliated to the point of, like, my confidence was stripped. And it took a long time to feel confident. Because then the next year, my mom went and got me, like, a proper fitted bra, which had, like, a little bit of a pad to it. So then, obviously, I stuffed my bra because then when I got to grade seven and had larger boobs than I did in grade six, then I was teased in a completely different light, right? (laughs) So there's really no winning in grade school. And I know we can all relate with stories like this, but that was my very first experience with not feeling confident. And um, I feel like figuring that out answers so much because if you can identify, and I'm really big on triggers, because if we can identify the things in life that trigger us to feel some type of way, it can really help us going forward, right? To find a solution. Yeah. Do you, did you have a moment like that? Or Hon- just anything in life? That- honestly, I'm, honestly, I'm just, I was born based off of fear. <laughs> Amanda's just always scared. I'm just always scared. Um, even growing up, like, Again, going back to what our parents instill in us, my parents had always taught us that like they have faith in us. My parents had faith in me and whatever I wanted to do. But if I didn't have faith in myself, then I wouldn't get anywhere. You, you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like going back, graduating high school, going and doing like post-secondary education. I was one of the first in my family coming from an, an immigrant family to have some sort of diploma or certificate or degree mm-hmm. beyond your high school diploma. That's heavy. That's so heavy. Like, you know, you, the, got, you got a lot riding on that feel, girl. <laughs> yeah. The, the fear of, you know, having to take out student loans and what it's going to look like and having to pay it back and the fear of not disappointing your parents oh, yeah. and, and doing what they want you to do. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. A lot of people have chosen a career based on what their parents wanted them to do. But thankfully, my parents were more concerned with my happiness because they understood and they always told me, like, you're living your life. No one's living it for you. So you do what you want to do. Just make sure that you're doing the right thing for yourself and have faith that what you're doing will pay off for you in the future. For sure. You know? Yep. Working jobs, working for big corporations, and then having to... uh help open up a small business hello (laughs) don't know what the fuck I'm doing but I'll figure it out you know and then growing so much that we had to expand and move locations to a a facility that's twice the size and let me fucking tell you guys okay it's pristine right now but when I first saw it when she brought me up to it and the storefront windows were boarded up with paper so nobody would be able to see inside what are you showing me right now what am yeah, you expect us like what is happening? And yep. she was like, we'll figure it out. And we figured it out. And it was just overcoming the fear and having faith in, in your work and believing in yourself. Yeah, right. That's how I do what I have to do. Because at the end of the day, it's my name that's on it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. So you just got to push through. Yeah, exactly. And an easier way to kind of push through, like to give you a solution and kind of take from what we would tell ourselves at the beginning of every day. Because let me tell you, I have been crippled with fear multiple times in my yes. life, right? Like multiple times I have taken the, I'm not someone, if you looked at me, if you knew me and you looked at me from the outside, you would say like, wow, you know, that girl's got some guts. Yes. Right? Just because of the choices I've made in my life and the decisions that I've made and the path that I've chosen for myself. But what no one sees behind closed doors is like that anxiety and that fear. It lives within all of us. And there's so many times where I'm like, I just got to grab the microphone. I just have to do this. I have to put the headset on. I just, I have to be this presence. And the way that I've been able to get past that fear is to tell myself this. Look beyond the fear and think of who will benefit your bravery. Yes. Yes. How many times did we tell ourselves that on the Jefferson floor, sitting there cutting floor mats when I'm having like a full on panic attack? Like, you know, will this work? Is this a good idea? Will people want to come to our gym? Will we make enough money to survive? Like any business owner or anyone that's just starting a venture, you know, that is a big, big pill to swallow and it. It keeps you up at night. Yes. And what got us here was thinking of the people who we could inspire and thinking of the lives we could change by opening a facility for the people. It was having faith in yourself, knowing that you would accomplish something for someone else. Exactly right. right. Yeah, that's it. Because I could be stuck in my own fear forever. And and again, we're all really good at disappointing ourselves. Yes. Right? Like there's a lot of people that set goals and then if you're not if it's not a team base and you're not working for someone else, you're like, ah, fuck it. I tried. I'll try again <laughs> next time, right? We all some of us get very, very some of us don't. But some of us do, myself included, get complacent in disappointing myself. And yes. I just look on, look past it and I move past it. But when I put other people at stake and if I do nothing, other people might suffer, there's my motivation to look past the fear. Yeah. That's what we were telling ourselves to get past the fear of failing. Yes. So hugely. I wouldn't have gone to university if I didn't have my parents counting on me to better myself. Exactly. I wouldn't have taken the job with Sawyer if she wasn't counting on me to work for her. Yeah. Right? To carry the team some days. Yeah, to carry the team some days. Exactly. So if there's anything that you take away, if anyone out there is, you know, stuck at a crossroad in your life right now where you are in that moment of being crippled by fear, I want you to take a step back and I want you to think beyond your own fear. Think past yourself and think of who will benefit from you being brave in that moment. And that's all. I'm going to mic drop right there. Pop! Bada bing, bong, bing. Can do, 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 can do. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for following us this far. Um, next week, we are going to crack into some new and exciting things. My hot topic is going to be integrity. Okay? How uh, we don't need to be a victim to be victorious. I like that. Do Say it like one more that? time for the people in the back. <laughs> for the cheap seats in the back. <laughs> you don't need to be a victim to be victorious. How important it is not to step on others to get where you want to be. And that integrity, what it is, and why it should be at your very core. Stay tuned. Boom, boom.